Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I won't ruin this moment by singing whatsoever, but I am your captain, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen, we have Clyde Haynes. And these are the voyages of the starship Hamilton. Wow, wow. Uh, and Paul to touch it here. <laughs> oh, Paul, we are here. And if it hasn't been made apparent yet, we are covering space, Subspace Rhapsody this evening, um, the penultimate episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds. Uh, this was directed by Dermot Downs and written by Dana Horgan and Bill Walkoff. Um, fun fact. Dermot was um, actually a kid actor before becoming a cinematographer and a director. And he was in one of my favorite weird kid horror movies, which is Escape from Witch Mountain. <laughs> Ooh, wow. If you, if you remember that one. Um, but I think we just have a couple of reminders first. Uh, Paul, can you tell folks where they can listen to and subscribe? Hey, guys, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, do so on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content or merely tolerate it, considering, uh, consider joining uh, the Patreon for just $2 an episode at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Do it. And uh, Clyde, how can people interact with us this evening? They must sing a song in rhyme. That's how they interact <laughs> with us. No. Uh, today, we, as always, we just say, Type capital P, capital O, capital pod in the chat, and we'll take a look at your thoughts, your comments, your questions. And then if you want to give us a sense of what your overall uh, feelings of this particular episode were, just type in capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we'll take a look at your overall thoughts. Indeed. Okay. Well, I think it is time to see if uh, our pod, if we are fans of the great American songbook, which means it is time for some hot freaks. Hot freaks. Hot freaks. Sorry, I was reaching for my water bottle and it was off, yeah. off screen. Um, Paul, what was your, your hot freak of this episode? A hot freak. I am of two minds. I, I love musicals. Mm -hmm. I generally love musical episodes. I love mm -hmm. this musical episode. But, you know, I go like, I don't know if like the 19th episode in a series is when you do the musical episode. Mm -hmm. uh, however, like if you look at it at Star Trek as a whole totality of like all the like basically thousand episodes, I think it's about time for the musical episode. So I'm of two minds. You know, I, 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 I like there's a part of me goes like, I, I, I love this and I don't want this right now, but I love it. And I think Christina Chong is amazing. Yeah. She, 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 she was crazy good. I, I agree. Uh, Clyde, what was your, your hot freak? If you watch TV in the nineties, you'll get this reference. Hated it. Um, <laughs> listen, oh, no, listen. I, box. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I love musicals. Um, I, Apparently not. I, no, I, I typically love musicals. I can't say that I always love musical episodes, but I enjoy a good musical. Um, 
Like I was into Hamilton like day one before it got popular. Like I was before any like before most people had seen it. I was playing that soundtrack like a crazy person and sharing with everyone that I like who would listen to it. Right. Like I was just trying to get everybody to listen to it. Like I'm I'm old school. I love musicals. Um, this I thought was a bad idea executed pretty well. I just. The idea of a sci-fi Star Trek musical, I don't know that was ever going to sit that well with me. I do want to commend the execution of it, but I just, I, it, it, it felt like the, the opening number was good. And then I just kind of felt myself like, uh, come on, like Spock singing. And I'm like, I get it. I know exactly what you're saying. Come on. And to your point, Paul, if we, and I say this all the time, if we got 22 episodes and this was in like season four, I've been like, cool, man, I'm for it. But this is season two and we only get like 10 episodes and this is epi- like, mm. so I just, it wasn't really my thing. I will say there were two pieces in here that I thought really stood out, um, particularly around the whole Spock Chapel thing. And then Kirk mentioning uh, Dr. Marsh, like those were two pieces of canon that I was like, okay, that has moved the plot a little bit. So that made sense to me. Um, but everything else, it just, I don't know, wasn't wasn't really my cup of tea. Again, thought it was executed well, just didn't sit well with me. Um, well, I think I'm like the if if Paul's like maybe in the middle and Clyde is to one side, then I'm the other side, which is that I loved this episode. <laughs> really? Yes. I um, Surprise. you know, there's of course like nits that I have to pick about things, but I was like very pleasantly surprised. Um, I also got to sit and watch this with my mom, which was like very enjoyable this afternoon um before I got on a plane to come back here. Um, so shouts to my mom. We had a really great time. Paul's trying to fix his mic. He didn't, um, <laughs> he didn't just like leave the stream cause he hates me. Um, but yeah, I thought all of the music really drove the characters, which is usually my biggest nitpick with musicals is that sometimes I'm like, I get we're, we're talking about feelings, but I thought this actually did a nice job of tying in with a lot of plot points and moving things forward. I, um, Christina Chong was incredible, but to me, Celia Rose Gooding was just like, in freaking credible like hearing her 100%. sing i went oh i now know why you have a grammy <laughs> you know like you're like oh i i 100 get this now um and and i i can definitely see y'all's point about you know we don't get a lot of episodes but i think i was thinking about it in the grander scheme of of trek right like we've had tons and tons of episodes in the grand scheme of Trek and the fact that we've never had a musical episode. We've had plenty of musical numbers, but no musical episodes. I was pleasantly surprised. And um, yeah, there's tons of stuff I want to discuss, but I'm, I, I really enjoyed it. And I will be listening to some of these songs, I think, um, into the future. Let's see what some of the audience had to say about some hot freaks here. We got home yeah, chicky. Most of them are about how they hate me. So <laughs> Hi, y'all. Awesome. Home Chicky says, Hot Freak, I loved it. Um, Keen says, Musicals aren't my things, but I give them credit for trying something groundbreaking for Trek. Indeed. I agree. Choopy, very fun for me. A couple surprisingly moving moments agreed, and I actually enjoyed it more a second time. 
Um, I'll be very interested to see that. Let's see. Carmen Hot Freak loved it, especially Spock's singing voice. I know I'll rewatch this one time and time again. Um, I'll grab a few more. Fire sign 331. Hot Freak once more with feelings got a run for its money. Um, loved the chapel song and the Spock reprise. I think, uh, I think, oh, this was Ramona Lee. When I saw the Klingons, I was expecting a hyped up Klingon opera. Did they end up doing dance music or maybe it was pop? Um, I'm calling it K-pop as in Klingon pop. (laughs) You know, so a buddy of mine, he watched it early this morning and we've been texting about this episode all day, Mm -hmm. right? And for the record, Tori, if you're listening, I'll let people know you actually (laughs) did like it, right? So we've been been going back and forth. Um, We agreed on a couple of things, but like we kind of differed. He did not like, I'm putting your business out there, mm-hmm. T. He did not <laughs> like the Klingon part. I actually did, and I hadn't told him this yet. But I actually, that was kind of one of the parts where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is fun. I thought they were going to do something, I don't know, a little, I, the voice was off to me because they came in with this raspy voice and then went really high. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, if they had kept it a little more baritone, I might have been really into it with a, a nice break beat. But, um, like there were moments, but I just felt myself drifting during some of the songs. Like, uh. yeah. And I kind of want to go, I figured we'll go like um, song by song and kind of discuss. Cause that seems uh, the easiest way to move forward. Um, but there were the, the one thing I did really like about this episode is it also weaved in some TOS kind of futuring and some of the original mm-hmm. series movies. Right. So um just to kind of discuss. So right off the bat, we see Chapel is applying for yet another fellowship. At this time, it is with, dun, 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 spoiler alert, her future husband, Dr. Corby. Um, he's the one from, if you remember the TOS episode where he makes weird sex robots. Um, he's also her boss and then they're married. Anyway, there's lots of things that are very TOS-y about mm-hmm. that relationship. Um, but this is where we get the start of that. We also get a mention, um, as you said, Clyde for Carol Marcus, um, who eventually Marcus, creates, yeah. uh, the Genesis, uh, machine. Um, so that will be interesting. I, I'm going to have to go back because I can't remember if in the, it felt like do you remember if in the movies, if Kirk remembered he was having a child? <laughs> like, that was the thing that got got me. And and I'll be honest, I've said this many times. TOS is not, like, I, I don't have the deep knowledge of TOS. Yeah. That's probably my my the one that I have the least amount of. Um, That was a shock to me. I was like, whoa, did, did he know he had, did he know he had a kid? Like, I remember the whole, you know... Cause like essentially she's like married to, they both decide they're like married to their work is what I remember. Mm -hmm. And like, there wasn't any majorly significant hard feelings between the two of them. But for some reason in my memory, he didn't know she had a kid, but maybe I, it's been a minute since I've watched that movie. So I'm going to have to, um, yeah. So PW Gray says, Jim doesn't know that David is his son. No. Right. So that's, that's where I was like, but then Shupi says, Mm -hmm. Yes. So this is this is where I was like, I have to figure it out. Um, yeah, I know he meets up with his son in Wrath of Khan. My thing is I can't remember mm-hmm. if he had the son prior to that, but obviously they've decided he did. Um, so those are I, some. I feel like in Wrath of Khan, it was a surprise to him. Like I, I almost 
Paul is hey, back. Paul's back. I thought he was a surprise in in Rathicon. And I mean, it's we we don't really talk about the Kelvin verse that much, but like she shows up in the Kelvin verse, and 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 it just it's I, like you, Mariah. I enjoyed the fact that we had this reference mm-hmm. to something that felt like, oh, it's TOS canon. Here is a hard link, right? Because it did feel for a moment as though Strange New Worlds was going off on their own. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they were just setting up on their own timeline and we were going to have a whole handsome mount verse. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause the way this is headed is like, oh, Chaplin Spock about to have this long romance and, you know, Lon, Lon, who we've never really heard about before, is wooing Captain Kirk. I was like, man, like it felt like they were just setting out in, on kind of this. L- Lieutenant Kirk. Yes. Lieutenant, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Kirk. <laughs> right. Um, yes. But like now they they've kind of anchored us into the TOS canon. It feels like, okay, you took us on this ride, but you know, we're back in the right lane and we know where we're going. So I actually that that felt a little like familiar, like home to me. And so I was I, I appreciated it actually. Yeah, I um I want to go back to um what did y'all think about the opening credits, which will now be the suffrage of all acapella groups going forward <laughs> into this into the millennia. <laughs> uh, I uh, I usually skip over the credits, but oh. then like but when I push skip, and then it, you just hear like uh, and like oh no, I have to go back. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm I'm a sucker for those things. Uh, I, I love me some acapella, so I, I thought they were great. I agree with Paul 100%. I am too someone who will skip through the credits if I think they're the same thing over and over. Now, last week, because they did the animation, mm-hmm. I made sure that I watched every moment of it, right? This week, I pushed through and then went back, and I think I listened to the, the credits twice, one because I was just fascinated by the acapella because I mean I have I'm a man of many interests. Yes, I'm a fan of the pitch franchise. Mm-hmm. So acapella groups I kind of dig. Like I said, I like musicals. There's so much I'm surprising so, pieces of information about you, Clyde. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you know, I was watching Shrek with my daughter this week. I'm like an ogre. I'm like an onion. I've got layers. Um <laughs> no, Clyde, so, you're a parfait. You're, parfait. you're a parfait. Yes, thank you, Paul. So, but um, I also, I think the second and a half time through, I watched, I was looking for the names mm-hmm. of who wrote, who, like, who was composing this. And I was, I was like, well, how do I feel about the music? And when I found out that it was um, partly written by Kay Hanley, who also does the Ida Twist Scientist theme, uh, kind of music for that show. And my children walk around the house singing that I was like, well, I can't be mad at it. I actually really enjoyed the intro. It was one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, Yeah, so I thought we'd go kind of track by track and we can kind of talk about them. So we start with, I think, kind of the most, I'd say, like, it, it feels like if you were to write a Trek musical, this is the song you would write, which is the status report one, right? Where they're kind of going around and everyone's like, what is happening? We're all singing. Why is this going on? And like we um, we get everyone kind of giving their, oh my God, I'm singing. I don't know why, but I'm still going to do my job. Um, the thing that kind of 
made me a little disappointed though was of all of these songs where everyone's finally revealing big pieces of their character and having these giant aha moments all we get from Ortegas is I'm a pilot and I fly the ship (laughs) and then status report and then she just has some chorus moments and um I know that Melissa also comes from musical theater and so I I was a little sad we didn't get like an Ortegas number somewhere at least like an interlude you know what I mean but what did y'all think of our first opening number? First of all, like, I was going like, oh, Ethan Peck is pulling this off. I His opening number really surprised me. I will say his second yeah. number was a little bit harder for me. Uh, mm-hmm. His voice was not as strong, I think, especially after hearing everybody else, you know, sure. but in the larger chorus of things, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. I go like, oh, I, I guess we're in it. That's, that's, that's my first thought. I go like, I guess we're in it. Like, uh, I'm going to have to accept that I don't want this right now, but it's coming. It's coming at me. And, and like, and it, it was, it was great. Like, you know, as far as like the experience, like, you know, uh, I thought I really like, uh, Babs. I thought Babs mm-hmm. as little as he sang, like, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, I think the people who were really shortchanged were Ortegas and for all of it, Pike. Pike has the the the, 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 the dumbest storyline, you know. Well, like, I think he also has the least trained singing voice. Oh, it wasn't good. Sorry, I hate to say it, it wasn't good. It wasn't great. Um, I liked the first number. Like, so I'll just kind of spoiler alert on my opinions. The first number, I was kind of like, oh, well, if it's like this, I might be surprised. I believe it was either by the second song or the third song. I had read that there were 10 of them and I was counting at that point. I'm going to be honest. Like I was like, this is three. All right. We're at four. Okay. Five. We're halfway. Like I was like, Oh, this, this one's good. Like, but, but that first one, I was like in it. Like I was like, Oh, if we stay here, like if they're all like this, then this might surprise me. Yeah. Do we talk about the direction of this episode in general? Cause I feel like the direction is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think the choreography was great. And any of the numbers that had movement, I really enjoyed. The the ones that kind of felt a little off to me was while Christina Chong's like singing of her solo number, which I think is that like, how would it feel? um, I think is the title. She like is just walking through a room and then we get that stereotypical like, we're underneath a bed sheet moment, which is like something that kind of drives me crazy in like romantic uh, montages of people. <laughs> um, I wanted her to be doing something. And it was just, I'm walking to this drawer and opening up to look at the watch. I was like, get her to the watch sooner. Have her do like dance. I don't know. Just like do something with the watch. I don't know, but she was already being a creeper like uh, earlier when looking at it. Like, you know, so she was doing <laughs> yeah, that a was lot. That great. I think I think that's totally within character. Like you know, uh, as far as like, they're all they're always these like you know, soliloquy type songs, right? Where a person mm-hmm. is singing by themselves, you know, like on my own with like Epony right. and Limit Rob and blah blah stuff. I feel like it's all that. Like you know, I will now make a montage of uh, all the under the sheet uh, pillow talky type things and send it to you, Mariah. <laughs> it'll be basically my version of like a peanut hamper for you. <laughs> um, yeah, those were, it, it, cause like 
I will say the difference is because Celia Rose Gooding also has that number. Ahura has that one when she mm-hmm. does the like keep us connected yep, yep. Um, song. And to me, that made sense because she's literally talking about being and feeling so alone. And mm-hmm. I guess Laon is also talking about that, but it, because hers is about a longing for another person, I almost wish it was just her being a creeper through the halls, like singing and following Kirk. Like, Do you know what I, I mean? I mean, like, yes, I think that would work and be funny and and like people would have problems with it. <laughs> I mean, of course. I think I just, I that's the one number I started to get like, a little bored oh interesting i actually got bored with the uh the connection song with the aura because it was oh, just really? because it was right after it was so close to a spock thing there was no the I'm the X. <laughs> yeah i'm the X. <laughs> i like funny. the words to that i just don't know if the quite execution of that like i was like oh that's witty like the i just want to know why i'm the X. like i I mean, the engineer and me thought that was funny. Like, I enjoyed the the lyrics. So, um, I want to say a surprise MVP for me was Rebecca Romaine, who I know can sing, but it was like mm-hmm. really lovely to watch her like sing and dance and truly feel like a, a bit of like a leader of this episode and mm-hmm. really helping to drive a lot of the plot. Um, I also thought it was really funny watching her and Kirk dance because I could see that Rebecca Romaine actually knows how to dance. Um, and our Kirk uh, has a little bit of his footwork wasn't as strong, I'll just say. But it was wow. kind of, I liked it as the dynamic, though. I was like, I don't know if that's like him or if that was a choice in the character. You know what I mean? Like for him to like because she was leading the dance. And I thought that was really interesting. Well, she's, she's number one. She's the leader, yeah. right? The so, uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I, like, I think that was probably my, the weakest number for me. Not because, like, uh, the song and the singing was bad. It was just, like, it seems so irrelevant compared to the emotional stakes of all the other scenes, right? It's like, hey, you know, just, just, just be, be nice and, you know, talk to your crew. It just seemed like that seemed real, really simplistic and low stakes. Clyde looks like he wants to say something. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to decide. Um, okay, I can keep talking if you want to. Well, so 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 here's the thing, right? Like, um, it, this is this whole conversation is, is making me question my thoughts on on musicals a little mm. bit and and how I judge them, right? Because traditionally, when I've seen musicals like Miss Saigon or Wicked or Rent they are they're musicals where I think what we're talking about here and what we saw kind of today and and whenever you watched it is that so there's a story that's happening and then the musical is just burst out this monologue or conversation of what you're feeling. The thing that I think that was so captivating about Hamilton, which is different, is the music was actually storytelling. And that's a bit different. So if you listen to the Hamilton soundtrack, it's almost like you don't even need to see the the actual performance because the music and the lyrics are taking you through the dynamics of the story. Mm-hmm. Is Hamilton was, a, with, a, a, a musical that's popular now? <laughs> you might have heard of it. Maybe maybe once or twice. Oh, man. I, I guess I, I missed my shot. It's, yes. <laughs> I sleep time, Paul. Oh. Very well. Um and so I think that's I, I, I and I'm, so I'm not trying to I don't 
to me, Hamilton is different than everything else. And I don't want to judge it by that. Yeah. Um, but I think I would have that for this actual setting would have been a really interesting take for me because then Star Trek to me is, has largely been about incredible dialogue followed by for me, wonderful space battles. And so for me, I kind of, all the music was like, well, you're, you're singing about your feelings and you're, I got it, but I'm missing out on the storytelling, the, the, the plot. And so I feel like if the music was driving the plot, like truly driving the story and they were singing the, almost the lyrics of the, the script, I might've connected with it better. Yeah. I mean, there are typically kind of two types, or I guess there's three types of musicals, right? There are the ones where it's like the music is a part of what drives the plot forward, which I think is what you're saying your preference is, um, Clyde. So that would be things like Hamilton, Rent, Cats. Um, yeah, there we go. A lot more Sondheim. Um, but then there are, like, I think of like Grease, you know, there's those musicals mm-hmm. where it is mm-hmm. the, there's the talkie bits, which gets us from point A to point B, Bye Bye Birdie. Um, Wicked, Wicked is like that. Wicked. Like... Um, well, Wicked is very popular though. Uh, Into the <laughs> Woods. These are all mm-hmm. ones that have like interludes of conversation between songs that are usually propelling character forward. Mm-hmm. So it is more character. Mm-hmm character a plot b but there is still movement forward through the songs and so um i think like kinky boots is also in that in that realm as well um so yeah there's different types and then there's jukebox musicals which are like talkie talkie and then we sing a pop song that has kind of nothing sort of ish to do with what's Mama happening Mia. but it gives you Mama Mia, Mama jersey boys jersey um, boys, Mama Mia, these which are great i i'm an opportunist musical liker but newsflash we keep talking about other podcasts we could do it's clearly evident that <laughs> the three of us could do a musical podcast musical uh, hot dog baby musical hot dogs musical hot dogs, musical hot dogs. <laughs> uh, but but yes. actually like, to, to respond to you Clyde I feel like what you're saying if, 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 you, if, if you don't want to paraphrasing is that you wanted it to be a Star Trek episode that was a musical as opposed to a musical that was a Star Trek episode does that make sense like but one is one is a spectacle. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes. And, and, and so, and I feel like they really, uh, they they tried to make a musical fit in the Star Trek universe as opposed to like, oh, here's a Star Trek episode and it, ha- it has musical bits about it. And, and I could definitely see that, like you know. Right. So, literally, what I may need to do is go back and watch this for like a third time mm-hmm. with a different lens on it, mm-hmm. right? And I might appreciate it more like I said, to say i hated it is probably strong right kern said something in the in the chat earlier that i was like he's not wrong he said he liked this episode more than the last episode of peanut hamper or the last peanut hamper episode which i was like <laughs> i i agree 100 so if that's the bar this is i don't i don't hate this episode um but i, I maybe i don't know if my 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 frame of reference was off. Like I said, I I really did think there were elements of this that were done really well. I was just struggling to really connect with it. Yeah. And I, you know, this, I I care, like I I care about this stuff. Like I'm invested. So it was, it missed me. And I think, you know, to your, your point, Clyde, it sounds like you enjoyed the numbers that were those ones that are more plot driven, because I think that was the other thing was this was truly kind of a love letter to a bunch of different types of musicals. It's like, there are Mm -hmm. Sullivan numbers. There are those like jazzy 
um, Chicago style number for that. I'm ready, which I thought chapel's number was one of my favorites of the episode. Agreed. Was that, that was, I'm ready. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm ready. It was killer. I enjoyed it. You know, although once again, like you're like, Oh, that's what happens when you date a damaged person. Like she, <laughs> uh, Cause I'm like, Oh, she's really, you know, she's really pulling a spot through the ringer. <laughs> so uh, music aside, I'll say the one disappointment that I had was kind of how she handled that situation. Like yeah, no. it, it definitely was a situation where you basically talked to the whole crew and then sang a musical number before you actually had a conversation with your person person. I don't want to call him a, like, not like a boyfriend, but I guess it's just like you're the guy you're talking like, I'm old, so I'll just sit like the person you're the talking situation, to. The situationship. Your situationship. <laughs> thank you. Bring me into the to to the millennium. Um, but I, I felt like she should have had a conversation with him at some point before basically having a party to celebrate her getting in. Like that's that's and, kind and of not harsh. and not inviting Spock to that party where he yeah. goes like he's like yeah I was invited, but like you know justice for Chapel. You know I will say. Like Boimler really messed this up last, you know, the two episodes ago. Because, mm-hmm. because, if if you were if you were going if you're dating someone or and and someone from the future goes, oh, you who are you? Because like you, this person is like the most important person in the universe, and there's nothing about you. It was screw with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think this was honestly one of the better. Like, I thought this musical did a good job of really highlighting the emotional arcs individually for chapel and mm-hmm. spock whereas we finally get to see kind of chapel dealing with the information we get from boimler and then i think we also see the repercussions of boimler pointing out to us that like uh, spock is a little too happy right now and now we're gonna get sad spock sad emo spock is back like <laughs> after this episode so i'll be really interested to see what he's like next up um I also, there were some moments with, I'm still like, I know it's not going to happen, but there were some glances between Mbenga and Chapel that I was just like, maybe she's like seeing her, the air of her ways, that the chemistry was with this other person all along. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, think, I, think, I think you're wanting it too much. <laughs> I am wanting I'm, it too I'm, much. I'm with you, Paul. <laughs> but Mentor mentee. Um, what did we think of... Pike and uh, Battelle's kind of tête-à-tête on screen. <laughs> One, I think we just have to acknowledge that while Anson Mount is an incredible Pike, he is not our musical leader. <laughs> the like, best thing me, about uh, that scene was, was, was when they cut it off. Or Nussbach when Leon was like... Like, I think for me, like, what... And, and, you know, and this is just my take. Like, I feel like this season has really underserviced Pike. And, you know, like, th- there there hasn't been really a Pike episode, if you, unless you include the episode where half the, he, half the episode, he didn't know who he was. <laughs> like, like a- everything else he's just playing, like, uh, like cheerleader. And mm-hmm. I'm actually fine with that, except for the fact that he, you know, for all of it, has one of the more compelling storylines. And that is like, hey, just so you know, you're destined to like... <laughs> the BB box. Yeah, the BB box. And so, and I, I know you can't hit it forever, but like, uh, 
the, the, here, here you have one more episode. And is it going to be a Pike episode? It's going to be an Ortega's episode. Uh, think, and so, like, yeah, you know, I'm hoping, uh, I was like, I'm hoping we're going to get a little bit more Pike and Ortega's this next episode because it is our Gorn finale um, based mm-hmm. on previews. Hashtag spoiler alert. But um, I think, too, I will say I think it's a bit of a logistics thing because I know Pike's um, child was born at the beginning of them filming this season. And so I think there was some strategery and how much he was in so that he didn't have as extensive of a filming sure. schedule. And, and um, you know, we're glad he had a kid, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, like peanut, little baby peanut hamper. Like, you know. <laughs> I was like, get back to work, dude. Um, <laughs> Tiny no, peanut look, hamper. I, I will say, I agree with this, this, like I am definitely over the pike, but Battelle. Miss Powell prediction that Battelle is going to die next episode. I could see that the minute, happening. The minute that she said priority one, um, I got a priority one message. I was just like, mm-hmm. "You out of there!" Like so mm-hmm. long. Like you're not coming. That's not happening. You're not coming I, back I, from that. Like I immediately knew. Yeah, Pike has a holiday theme up here, but no one ever talks about Patel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a good feeling for her future. I am very excited for me personally for a Gorn episode, though, because I already saw we get puppets, and you know how much I love puppets. Um, um, I, I did not know that actually. <laughs> Oh, you did! I oh, love yeah. puppets. Oh, no. <laughs> Mariah is a huge puppet fan. Like, no, no. okay, good to know. Good Mariah to know. is to puppets what I am for ship to ship combat. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, interesting. And, and I'm, I'm uh, Mariah is to puppets as Clyde is to ship to ship as Paul is to major character death. <laughs> wow, it's not be the trifecta for us. Like you know, it's the trifecta: space battles, puppets, and death. <laughs> That might work. Are, that are you work. sad? I'm so I feel so sad. Why are you smiling at Paul? Oh, <laughs> here's, oh no. here's, here's the thing though. For that to happen, Paul, we're huh? basically doing the same thing they did last season finale when Himmer died, right? And mm-hmm. so then that becomes a trend. So now what we're expecting is we're gonna lose a cast member on the finale of every of every season. Uh, I, I will say, like, to, to, to that point, uh, I had a friend who used to work on Grey's Anatomy. And mm. every season, like, someone Somebody died. dies, yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 Another and, show with a musical, a controversial musical episode. <laughs> and, and, and what happened is, like, I, I know in the room, like, what happened is they go, they list all the characters and go, who's going to die this, you know, this season? <laughs> and, and then and they go, like, can't be this person. Well, and then and they and they go through all the list. They go like all the reasons why it can't be this person, and then they, when they get to the bottom, so if it can't be this person, but then it's gotta be this person, and then there's a cycle of like death. And can you can you can you survive the musical chair of death? I think we figured out. I think we figured it out now. Why Spock and Uhura are the only ones from this ship that end up on Kirk's Enterprise? Because the rest of them die. Chapel well, no, and Benga and Chapel oh, do and make Chenga. it. Chapel, yes. So, but that's 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 why the the numbers are so limited. It's not just Kirk jumping onto the ship and taking over the crew. It's because there are only like four people left. I know. Yeah, no. Or take dies is gonna be sad. If number one dies, gonna be sad. Lon, Lon isn't gonna make it. I love Lon, but she's not gonna make it. <sighs> She'll eventually get her own show, and that'll be. No, like she'll have to. She'll have to, like you know, 
That's like, well, I don't you know, know. I don't mean in the Star Trek universe. I mean she's probably hey. going to get offered a leading role somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching that show. I'm yeah. watching it everywhere. Yeah. I'm watching that show. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about. I thought one of one of my favorite numbers was um, Lawn. Speaking of number one and Lawn, is number one and Lawn's kind of moment where they turn off the gravity and do some fun floaty wait, wait. bits. Were they defying gravity? They indeed were defying gravity. <laughs> Paul, so for those of you, like, we are nerding out on the wrong thing. For those of you who don't know, Defying Gravity is one of the key songs to the musical Wicked. Does anyone not know the Defying Gravity oh, song? I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Ah. I mean, I've been singing in my head for the last 15 minutes, so... Uh, there's a really funny video of like, ev- not, I shouldn't say funny, but it's like kind of an incredible video of every actress who's played Alphaba from Wicked and mm-hmm. they cut all of them doing that really intense vocal yeah. moment at the end of the song. High G. The high G in succession of each other. And it's really intense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that kind of moment because I like their friendship. And even from the beginning of the episode, yeah. you know, we see like I loved last season when they played the bingo together and we see them having some hijinks and sort yeah. of knowing that they have to be so serious with the crew, but they can kind of let their guards down with each other. And um, so seeing them have that moment, I thought was really sweet. And I love when number one is like, you're making me sweat <laughs> when they're waiting for Kirk to that's arrive. Right, that's right. I, is there in energy <laughs> is there an, you have an energy I, I i like that scene up until the shutting off of the gravity because i was just like okay this you, you've taken me out it's a of, musical well, i know and we've established that i'm struggling with the type of musical that this is magical <laughs> realism clyde you gotta give into the magic <laughs> i mean like you're okay with like i'm gonna teleport from this planet to this ship no problem. Turning off gravity. No gravity you? dancing for you. No gravity dancing. I mean, here's the thing. If we were in a situation where we've seen people turn off the gravity just for the sake of dancing, which, by the way, I think is a marvelous idea. And if I was on the ship and thought I could do it, I might do that. And and just listen, if you're a single guy trying to make your move on a woman, I got to tell you zero g dancing if you can pull it off might be the deal closer well so i'm for that but well, just, well, but, but the canon the canon in deep space nine there was that episode where bashir had the the alien who had the weak bones had to be in a wheelchair because she lived in a low gravity environment and her her room was gravity light so they have turned off gravity before i mean canon why they know that mm-hmm. you don't care about canon uh, Mariah, but like you know, I'm just saying it's, it's in there. It's in there, Clyde. I think I think you're just fair being point. a hater. No, that's a, I'm not a hater, but that's a fair point. Canon wise, I'm I'm a fan of zero G dancing. Just yep. that seemed like superfluous. Like oh, let's just... as opposed to the Klingon knife dancing. Touche, but I enjoyed the knife dancing. Oh, the knife dancing, the in sync Klingons were so good. Um, I wanted to talk a bit more about the Laon and Kirk moment. We finally mm-hmm. get her sort of dancing around protocols in order to be like, hey, this is why I'm weird around you <laughs> um, so that I can kind of let you know. And um, I thought it was really sweet to see Laon sort of get into that more emotional headspace and to get vulnerable. Now, 
Um, Paul, I think you were trying to adjust your mic, but do you remember if Kirk knew he was having a kid in Wrath of Khan? Like Kirk knew well, he had a kid. Okay. Yeah. That's what we were trying to, I was trying to rack my brain and remember, yeah. cause it's been a while since we watched like, that movie. Like, like uh, and basically when they met and he goes, you said to stay away. I stayed away. Right. You know? So, so and that, that's David. David? No, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, I thought the scene with Laan and Kirk was great because they didn't sing and it was mm. forced Laan to be, you know, open as not a, a consequence of this quantum improbability field. Mm-hmm. That's like here, I'm a person. So like, once again, I'm really happy with the emotional development that people are making. Like, you know, and, you know, so I, I think that's great. I think it's still a little ludicrous, you know, in the sense that like, Lon's big problem is like, you know, I, I can't really be myself around people or myself, <laughs> and and I I fell in love with this dude in the past. I think that's a little ridiculous because like, you know, you know how I feel about hot dogs and no ketchup. But <laughs> that, but, but welcome back to hot dog me. chat. <laughs> <laughs> but if you accept that that is the premise, like then they 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 mapped it out pretty well. To get to this mm-hmm. point, I, 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 ha- I have to say that I was really happy that they didn't work out when she explained why she liked him. And it was this whole idea of, I like the way you look at me because you don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I, I don't love that. And then he was like, well, what about how the, you know, the, the, the alternate Kirk? And he was kind of like, what about this? Well, I kind of like the way you look at me too. And I was just thinking him, for me, I was like, no, like the way he looks at you because he knows exactly who you are, right? Like, and that you know who you are. And like, it just, I, I'm i rooting for her to be more whole and healthy mm-hmm. and not this like, oh, well, because you don't know who I am, I feel okay with you. Like, no, like have somebody embrace all of you. Yeah. Right? The The quirks the the sad parts the happy parts like like that's what i want for line not not this it almost felt like i don't know kind of like a consolation prize and i was like no you're you're way your value is way more way more than that and so i was actually happy that at the end what we saw she was like no i'm actually happy the way this turned out and i'm excited that i think i can take risks now and i was like yes growth yeah you're going to get there yes and so I was that I was actually happy the way that turned out. Yeah, I I agree. I I wanted her to see her own value and not have to have someone else see her value to see her value, mm-hmm. which I think is what you also just said. But yep. um, I also wanted to, and now I've forgotten where I was going to go. Oh, um, Will Wheaton brought up an interesting point in the ready room today, which was, um, is it possible that because we're now seeing you know, Kirk and Laon's relationship, does that in the future affect the way that Kirk treats um, Khan? Well, <laughs> we questionable on that, in that account, Paul. But how he treats Khan, because he now knows that this is someone who's related to someone that he knows and is this person's you know, kind of direct ancestor and is perhaps why he banishes him to the planet rather than something more extreme. Right. And I thought that was a really interesting 
point that the, mm. that is, you know, so often I think we're always looking for the TOS references or, you know, references from the other shows in our new Trek, but it's interesting to see how the writers are perhaps working out what happens later on and creating those motivations for those characters later. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. What do you, what do y'all think about that? Did, did you feel that uh, Stranding Khan on Seti Alpha 5 or was it six? I don't sit for five, so, you know, whatever. Like, you know, mm-hmm. was a mercy as opposed to go to Starfleet prison? I, I don't know. It, it comes down to. Uh, I did. Because it seems like here's an opportunity for you to, to reprove yourself to humanity, you know? So, I, I mean, it, it, it struck me as puzzling. Um, and, and again, I recently rewatched this because for, for, because we had to, think about our top 10 episodes this almost made my list but there was a little too much cringe worthiness that i didn't think it aged well so i stopped um but when i rewatched it like i didn't understand like here is this character who on one hand was a key figure in the the with the um the genetic wars right Mm -hmm. like like not just like somebody who was there but a key figure Mm -hmm. as a ship full of these people, right? Try to take over your ship and is looking to redo this. He has made his intentions clear. And you go, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to strand you on this planet and see if you can figure it out. That's insane to me. No, you. that's not a roll of the dice that you really want. You, like, that's one of those things where it's like, you know that bad guy's coming back for you, right? Like, there's... So I never really understood that. So this idea that the reason why he showed Khan mercy was this connection to La'an, that tracks for me. Like that goes, oh, well, if that's part of canon and you're giving me the prequel of why he might do that, I can buy that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I was like, good good for you, Will Wheaton, or your producers, whoever thought of that question. I thought it was a good question. Um Moving down our track list, I feel like we've talked about most of them. Um, oh, I wanted to go to I'm the X. We talked, we touched about this um, in the beginning. I thought it was in, an interesting song because I felt like I could actually see, you know, Ethan Peck really trying to work out like this song is supposed to be this huge moment of big feelings right but he's like trying to do the big feelings as spock singing a big feelings musical number and i was like there's a lot of layers you kind of have to play with here because this is such a big feelings number um and i thought he did a great job acting it i think the vocal performance was not like the strongest of the group but then again he is, is singing on the same episode as people who've been on like the west end broadway and have won grammys so like hats off to you for the attempts. (laughs) Um, But I thought there was some like good humor in it. And that's like something I also enjoy about musicals is like, there are usually those like big emotional numbers that we get like in on song and in um, uh, a horror song. But then we get this one that is about feelings, but is a little bit more humorous. Right. Um, I think about like this, the prince's song and into the woods. Um, Agony. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a hilarious song, but they're like having this profound 
feeling moment, but as the audience, we're getting the double entendres, which to me, this is what this felt like. Oh, yeah. I, 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 the, when I was watching that scene, uh, the, that number, I go like, I'm really enjoying it. But what was really distracting to me, and this is probably the first time I noticed this, is like, uh, like they, they, shoot, they shoot on the volume, I assume. Uh, you know, like as far as their stage. And it's like, oh my God, look at that react room. It's so pretty. <laughs> and, 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 and here's why, why it's so pretty. I go like, oh, look at its reflection, the warp core reflection on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to do that, like if that was just a green screen, it would take forever to do. Because you do it, you're doing on the volume, like, you know, like it, it's just there and you're like, oh my God, it's so amazing. It's yeah, so, the AR wall it, looks great. <laughs> and then like uh, the next number with Ahura, uh, with the, the connection number, and then they do the wide shot from there. I'd be like, it's so pretty. That's a, such a, that's, I, I would say that that's the prettiest set on Stark, uh, on Strange New Worlds, like, you know. And I go, aside from everyone's cabin, apparently, because that's, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was going like, I, I was just distracted with that, the, the music. So there we go. I, I have to say this, the, the, I don't know, just the, the visual effects in a strange new world are the best in Star Trek ever. Like this is just the prettiest ship. Right. And, and what's, what I, what just kills me is this is the oldest ship. Mm -hmm. Like th this is this is the oldest ship, right? Even Discovery's got like fancy new tech, and where we're at now, they had a whole retrofit, right? This is the oldest ship. It, technically, I guess the second oldest ship, if you want to talk about that NX one and that show, I, whose name I won't say. Um, but it's it's the most beautiful design and the visual effects and what we see and applause with you seeing the reflections and everything yeah. and i'm just it's it's stunning like it's absolutely just and, and the lighting is so amazing because like you know you can be under a sheet and still look really good <laughs> that was and that so, that was that hotel they paid cash for <laughs> yes yes but like the, the, that canadian light is just so beautiful beautiful quality of light in toronto <laughs> the shimmer off of those silk pajamas was spot on it was good um, I wanted to talk about Ahura's song, The Keep ah. Us Connected, which I thought was a beautiful performance. And I also liked kind of getting, we've gotten a lot of her backstory um, these last two seasons, but I like sort of hearing her compare her, her personal journey to her professional journey, which I thought the song did a good job of creating that tension of someone who is feeling a loss personally as well as professionally and how those two things have affected her kind of choices moving forward. Um, I also like that it seemed to still have the resonance of like the lessons she's learned from Mariner um, mm -hmm. in like how she has to make these personal connections, even through the loss, um, which I appreciate in these last couple of episodes that the impact of the crossover episode was not just like a blip, like there were mm -hmm. repercussions from that, which I think is smart because it, it would be, silly to just like have this thing happen and then none of the things that like none of the lessons learned really pertain to anything going forward into the future so so hats almost off to the like it was a ship in a bottle whoa <laughs> you could say a message in a bottle perhaps Ooh, um yes mer, mer, i don't want to call it a bottle episode but like it it literally was not 
Mm-hmm. And right. and I th- I think that's what was so powerful about the crossover is it wasn't just this thing that happened. Then you're like, oh, that was an event. Mm-hmm. It had repercussions. Like you look over and you go, Paul, like you said earlier, like Berm- Boimler just came in and blew up Spock's whole spot with Chapel and just been like, like, you know, you don't make it in the book, right? So couldn't have been that special. <laughs> and then like, I can't like, wait till like, you know, a future version of Mariah comes to my house and says, just so you know, Paul, like, you know, B becomes really famous. My wife becomes really famous. <laughs> and strangely, no, you're not mentioned at all. I, I don't she know wins an Oscar. You're not uh, in the speech. She, you know, it's, it's really weird. Anyway, I'll catch you later. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for that. Cause I'm, I'll, I'll be so happy for my wife. <laughs> and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start... You know, learning a chapel song, like the lyrics to chapel song, <laughs> and start applying to like, you know, like weird fellowships. Yeah, exactly. Um, our next piece of number is our grand finale. So I do love that. In order to break the system, they have to just like go all Super out. Sane. Super, Super sane. sane. Yes, <laughs> they have to do the grandest of grand finales. Um, I loved getting to see all of the small musical numbers. I loved the dancing on the bridge. Um, and then I absolutely loved our K-pop Klingons um, beaming in. I thought it was hilarious. I I, oh, I, I would have Klingon pop K-pop. Love it, love it, Raya. Love it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but I I wish I did. My only wish was I thought it would be funny, but it would have been far too much budget wise. Just like knowing how much it costs to do musical numbers. Um, when they were like the whole fleet is affected. I kind of wanted a small montage of a bunch of different bridges all breaking out into song <laughs> i'm with you i was thinking the same thing i was like oh that's how they're gonna get it like it's like everybody's gotta sing yeah. at the same time and they were like no just our ship and i was like really and the klingon ship um, which had some moves also bruce horak was the lead klingon so we had our our the actor who played hammer was back um back on the show um so i liked seeing him back with us um but yeah i I loved it. I wanted more. And I think it's appropriate because to me, it's like, okay, if the real world of Star Trek, right, is like this standard and then the musical version is like a pretty standard Great American Songbook musical, like, of course, for Klingons, it's going to be like T-Pain meets K-pop group plus in-sync dance moves because that's like the opposite of Klingon opera do you know what i mean it's like that's like the high musical standard the only thing i i don't agree with is i don't think it brought dishonor (laughs) no (laughs) no dishonor upon their houses what did y'all um think about our our k-pop klingons i mean i I think everyone we can say that was the best part of the finale i i i i think i think that's uh i i I like the their outfits you know the, the 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 gold, you know, armor plus you know, it it, it looked really good. Uh, you know, the finale was not my favorite number because even though even though it pulled all the stops like you know visually, uh, the the song was just basically we can do it, we can do it, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it it, uh, it it did not stop the show for me. Uh, but like you know, that said, like you know, it it, it, was, it was it was very good. Like. If you ever want to see a, a showstopper musical number, uh, it there's that Adam Sandler movie where he plays the uh, the rock star. I think uh, it's called Pop Star. 
<laughs> and and I, th- I think I think that has a really good finale number because uh, it has a, a lot of things. But like you know, but uh, but not everything can be pop star. Yeah, I, I love the cling the the Klingon kind of pop song. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Mariah. I think they could have taken a little bit further. I think it could have been longer. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was actually pretty short. It was really short. Like, yeah. I was like, I think it could have been longer. I think there could have been some things in it. Oh, I need the um, extended cut. <laughs> for real. And I thought that, like it was pop, but I felt like that could have had a little bit more, like I said earlier, like a little more downbeat, a little more like bass. Mm-hmm. That would have been where, like you mentioned, like T-Pain. Like I felt like that was their moment to kind of bring in a little like, I don't know, a little bit more fun. Like mm-hmm. as, as long as you're exploring genres, like go for it. And that would have been the moment that I've been like, oh, what's, okay. what's the Klingon equivalent to I'm on a boat? I'm drinking blood wine. <laughs> yes. I'm drinking blood. Why? Fun fact. I'm on a boat is my go-to karaoke yeah. song. <laughs> I'm on a boat. You know, because I, I, you could do a, you could do a bye bye bye, but Klingon, you know, like I'm killing you tonight. I know there's going to be a fight. <laughs> Something like that, right? I, I think that'd be pretty. Uh, I'd watch. Help, Papa. Pa. <laughs> so, I mean, like you know, when we do, you know, the Klingon Game of Thrones, Mariah, mm-hmm. we will make a musical episode there. Right? You know. Thank you. Oh, I'm watching that. I'm I'm sign me up. Klingon Game of Thrones musical episode. Yeah, it's gonna happen one day. That's gonna be amazing. One day, Paul and I will have the keys to the kingdom. That's right. That's right. And then people will be making podcasts about us. They go like, I don't know why they did that. It, 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 it was just, it was a choice. I understand it was a choice, was but a like, choice. uh like okay, like they're old. <laughs> Y'all are falling off the rails, home chicky. They're all having, they're all tired of us. Um, I did just want to say, I think the other thing about this episode is like, you know, often there are are blinks of this show that feel so much like the original series, and there's been like some um, bad moments where you're like, oh no, we've fallen back in. But then to me, this felt like a swing the original series would have made. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I feel like for, for the like you know like I don't know if the original series would ever do a musical. That said, like the shots that they chose and all the stuff they did, I was going like, oh, this feels like what the original series could have done. Right. You know, the, the, the mm-hmm. visuals were they were different. Like you know, there's no twirly, you know, but but all with it still felt like this could be connected to whereas i i don't always feel like like you know enterprise definitely felt like it was not of the same visual universe right as as tos and and discovery uh also not the same but like mm-hmm. this you know like this has really done a really good job of of trying to pay homage to that with while staying original so, yeah and like a lot of the blocking choices too, like you were saying, Paul, when we get those like big wide shots of engineering, you know, and like we got some of those like interesting, like when it's um, 
Spock and Pelia and Laon kind of in that chorus mm-hmm. triple shot. And, you know, yeah. there's just like all these things where you can see a lot of the visual references, not only I think to the original series, but then to like a lot of musical moments that we've all come to love. I mean, it's called, you know, subspace Rhapsody and it's like, Oh, we're getting the triple shot of like, this is Bohemian Rhapsody, uh-huh. you know, and we get all of these little moments intertwined and like the Klingons to me felt like prime MTV music video moment. And like, Oops. I can I can see the visual references that they're playing with, and I I really enjoyed them. I know. Yeah, I I agree. It did feel like it would fit. This feels most closely that it fits into the TOS, um, and and not that dissimilar. Like when we talk about lower decks, lower mm-hmm. decks feel even though it's animated, feels like you don't have to think about the fact that it's it's the TNG era right, time yeah. space it mm-hmm. just it looks like it everything screams tng yeah um so they've done a really good job of staying consistent kind of within these within the franchise um i think this time around yeah it's funny some people are talking about roddenberry would have shut down a musical probably correct although fun fact roddenberry did write lyrics to the original theme song to star trek so that he could get a co-writing credit on the theme song so that he would always get royalties for that so um you know, <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> Peanut hamper. <laughs> I mean, he he also cast his wife as the voice of the computer, which is just mm-hmm. a check for decades. Yeah. yeah um, what did you all think of Pike kind of giving Ahura that, kind of nudge of like you are the voice of the enterprise i also loved the switchboard moment early on in yeah, the episode that was, that was, it was mm-hmm. really well cut it was really well cut. yeah uh, uh you know this is the, this is the second episode where ahura saved the day mm-hmm. uh so you know like it felt a little ahura heavy uh, as far as the narrative not you know mm-hmm. so uh i was like oh, okay i guess you should she should be the one to carry the musical number yeah like, i mean uh, with the vocal uh, talents yeah. on this show she was the correct choice for this episode yeah. <laughs> um, and so but like you know, from a narrative standpoint i go like you know the, uh, it's not my favorite you know uh like the, the, there's I, I feel like now there's like a misbalance of uh how i know people like mm. usually it would go like you know in old trek it would go you got Picard, Riker, Data. Those are those are the three, and then it just came became Data, Picard, and then you start going into ancillary episodes where here's a Riker episode, here's a Worf episode, here's a Troy episode, blah blah. Right now, I I know very little about Picard or 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 Pike aside from season one, and mm-hmm. now we have all the other, we're 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 I don't say bottom heavy, uh, but like we're we're the hierarchy isn't in play here in the decision. And so, well, you know, you, you go fight. It, it's, it's interesting. One, so a couple points here. One, I love the Switchboard episode. I feel like yeah. as musical shows go, it, it reminds me of the things where you're like, if you're doing this musical in a bar, like a, a, a coffee bar, like you'd hear like the coffee machine mm-hmm. going and the, and the cups going and the like, so I thought that was just excellently like, done. And I was. Yeah, it's like cups and pitch perfect. Yes, it's just, it's perfect, right? Like, I was like, that's great. Paul, to your point about how we know people and whether or not this kind of episode kind of helped us, it it, it feels like it's a little spotty. And part of that is because not so much in 
and Strange New World. But we've been with Pike and Spock for quite a long time because we got originally introduced to them in Discovery. Sure. Fair, fair. So we we started to see that. And we've gotten a lot of Spock. Sure. Like in the course of this, like like we probably know more about Spock than anyone else because we also had Discovery where we were learning about Spock's family. Right. For like Amanda's been with us since for like six years now, right? Um but then when you look and say, okay, how much do we know about Chapel? Like we had a whole Mbanga episode, kind of like two. Still don't know if I know a lot about Mbanga. I mean, we mm-hmm. also had his daughter episode. But then we're in the season of two, and other than she's a great pilot, we know nothing about Ortegas, right? I barely even know the name of the woman who sits next to Ortega and smiles a lot and nods. Mitchell. Mitchell. You said what? Mitchell. Mitchell. That's her name. There you go. And that's anybody got a first name? Anybody got a first name? Anybody know a first name? Mm-mm. Okay. Angel a- a- Lady Mitchell. <laughs> right. She she is the um what was the character that 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 a- Arium on Discovery? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, sure. We just everybody's like, oh, she died. I'm like, please stop pretending like we knew about Arium before this episode. Her name is Jenna Mitchell, by the way. Jenna, She's a Arium. Lieutenant Jenna, Jenna Mitchell. Mitchell. Lieutenant Jenna Mitchell. Um, so I feel like there are, there are a lot of spots along the bridge that we just, we don't know. We're getting a little bit, like, honestly, I feel like we know more about Samuel Kirk than we do half of the bridge crew. So, so here, here's another like random thing. Like throughout the whole, all of, uh, Strange New Worlds, I go like, I don't know about Sam Kirk and his mustache, but it's really growing on me. I love the mustache. Uh, I really wanted a brother uh, duet in this episode. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like that that would be great. Like, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, Sam, Sam Kirk is a good looking dude, even with the mustache. I think it's not even with. It is uh, Sam Kirk is a good looking dude, plus he has a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um yeah, I, mean, I would have it, loved it. It's a full-on Tom Selleck mustache. Well, like, it, it is. It, 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 it looks like a bit of like a a very well-groomed like pipe a pipe cleaner kind of thing. Like it, it, it seems like a very thin mustache to me, like intensely thin. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but maybe I'm 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 seeing it wrong. <laughs> I just want him call. I just want to call him. You know, Sam Kirk Pi. <laughs> like, like, like I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, mm-hmm. Hawaiian shirt! I'm looking for a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm looking for the helicopter. Like seriously, <laughs> bring it on. Um, for those yeah. younger viewers, there was a show called Magnum PI. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on a streamer now. You can uh, still watch yeah, it. Like, it's like know, the not... longest opening credits ever. <laughs> yes, you can join and, us on and, our Substack. Uh, you know, uh, Magnum PI. <laughs> Uh, it's under the hot dog sack, and, <laughs> and we're not stashed. talking. Hey, and we're not talking about the CBS reboot because they did reboot it. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no original only. Um, yes, all of those shows that came out. At the, for, so obsessed with helicopters for a, a, a period of time. I feel like every network TV show had a helicopter. Hey, uh, I think what happened was <laughs> helicopters became cheap to rent at, at one point in the eighties, and they go like, Let's "Oh, we see. can do this." Listen, if 
if you guys start bashing on Airwolf, this podcast ends right now. That's what all I'm saying. That's a badass theme song. Yes. I think actually a fun fact, a fun media media history fact. So the reason there were a lot of helicopters is because we had a very large surplus of helicopter pilots after the Korean and Vietnam Wars. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, there you go. Nice. So, there you go. Fun fact of the See, day. War keeps on paying off. That's what you're saying, Mariah. Great. <laughs> Great. I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you have that counterpoint of view. It's not my point of view, but like, you know, the, the space Navy it is. Uh, oh, Space Navy. Um, anything else y'all wanted to say about this episode? I don't know. I think like the episode, our episode has gone long. <laughs> we have gone on a lot of tangents, but um, yes. I think it's been good. We had to, you know, sing out our feelings with none of us being able to sing. Um, I'm assuming I cannot sing. I'm very terrible at it. There was a reason I was the stage manager for all of the musicals and I was never in them. <laughs> Yeah, I would I audition and get no parts. <laughs> I didn't even audition. I know better than that. Like I, I, I actually can sing many notes. They're just generally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week is our finale. I know we talked about it briefly at the top, but any other predictions for our finale episode? I, I think we're going to finally get a little more Tegas. Um, I think we're going to get some more Pike. Um, and I think we, we said it before. I think, Patel might meet her meet her maker at the end of this episode. Yeah, like uh, I'm I'm not I'm never looking forward to someone dying. Oh, that's not true. That's not like true. you that's love main character uh, death. Uh, that's not true. I like you know I, I I hope I hope it's earned though. I hope it's not gratuitous. Yeah, I hope it's not Tasha Yar. You know, no. uh, yeah. but like uh, but yeah, I mean, what I really want is. Ortega saves the day and Battelle's like, screw you, Pike. I'm just going to go date Ortega's now. Pike should not date Ortega's. <laughs> no, not uh, Pike. Battelle. Oh, uh, Battelle. Uh, yeah. Battelle, no, I don't... the captain, should not be dating someone who is. <laughs> that, 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 that's not a good power dynamic. Like we, we Not started, the same ship. Not the same uh, ship. We, we, we started this, this whole... Uh, where like, you know, oh, look at that. Pike is hooking up with another captain. You could do that? This is, this is going to be a different show because like there isn't an abuse of power. Brings up. Do you think we're finally going to get a remake of an adult Gorn? Puppets, baby. Yes. Puppets. Yes. Well, but listen, I also don't want to see Battelle and Ortega together because I don't want Ortega's to fall for someone who was then eaten by a Gorn. So yeah. Yeah. that would not be good. Um, I, I, any predictions on how many people die to Gorn attacks next week? Uh, I don't, I, I think, I think it'll be Patel and I don't think there'll be like, what I'm looking forward to is the chapel spot breakup. That's what I'm looking forward to. I thought they, didn't they just break up? Oh I no, but, but, but they broke officially. up, <laughs> but, but, but she's, she's probably going to leave for three months. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, I want to see how that is. Or, or if like, or if she gets hurt <laughs> and Spock has to fight like Warren to save her. You know, like it, or or some, something like that. Because I should have never broken up with you, uh, Mister Spock. Blah blah blah. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Like you know, but like uh, I, I'm looking forward to see how that resolves. I still sorry. think Chapel is a hot mess. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but Stress Free Kate brings up a very good point. We gotta see the adult go and fly the ship. Mm. I need to see them little dinosaur arms at work. I just need to, <laughs> I need to understand how this works. But, uh, it's gonna be great i'm excited uh it's yeah 
I think it's going to be a good time. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is it for this week, y'all. Next week is the final episode, and we um, Lower Decks will start in September. I think we'll probably take the week after the finale off and then we'll come back with some with some fun content for y'all. In the meantime, we'll kind of take a peek at maybe some some classic Trek to, to review. Let us know if there's anything you would like us to talk about in that downtime. Um, you can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It uh, it helps people kind of find new people to listen to, and it's super helpful for us. You can visit StarTrekPod.co to find links to everywhere you can listen or watch the episode, as well as to our Patreon. Um, Clyde, can you remind folks where they can find us on Twitter? And also, we're on uh, Instagram at the same handle. At StarTrekPod. Come check us out do it thanks karen for helping run our twitter i'm trying to decide if we're going to get a threads tbd um thank you all again so much we will see you all next time live long and prosper bye-bye bye everyone wait bye 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 come on